Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 248 of the Pixel Sting Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Arm. Joining me today is our editor-in-chief, Brennan Fry. Hello, 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 Cody. How are you? I'm actually pretty good today. Yeah? Good, actually, a pretty good day, yeah. I'm, I'm very sleepy. I know. Yeah. yeah. I went to an event for Injustice 2, which we will talk about. Nice. But it was, it was late when I got home. But anyway, <laughs> on that, Oof, that nice note, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, it was super fun. It was super fun. Yeah. But when there's an event that's downtown and you live outside of the city, mm-hmm. it means you're you're waiting for a go train home. Of course, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, joining us as well, if you couldn't if you couldn't guess that distinct voice, is Phil Brown. <laughs> My distinct nasal drawl. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Cody? tired but yeah oh, that's right it. you already yeah about <laughs> we went over this oh well great, great oh well i hear you got uh, you got to see got to see some some Prometheus, not prometheus god alien covenant. alien covenant action yes brennan and i both saw that last night but we'll see we're gonna talk about that next week yeah we'll save the big deals in the next week but that for is now a teaser. the main uh <laughs> the, the main mood of the room is Huh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, if you if you guys were wondering, although I will say one thing: Danny McBride played well in that role, better than I thought he would. Definitely. Although it was funny, the whole when I was watching the movie, I was like, "Why did they end up casting him in this?" And then they said his name was Tennessee. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, there you go." <laughs> Matthew McConaughey said no, so they went for the next most yeah. famous actor with a southern accent. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. Um, I've got I've got a fun story. Phil, you know this story because. You sent it to me. Oh, um, yes. This is via AV Club. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently, an 11-year-old found a whole lot of meth inside of his copy of Grand Theft Auto he purchased. Yeah. He was, was it a lot of meth or just some meth? I mean, any meth too oh, much. For it was him. actually Kotaku yeah. that, that yeah, did the they, story. They posted through Kotaku. Yeah. But did they say how much at the bottom of that? But they didn't mean it, I'll say it was from GameStop. It was a used copy okay. of it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you find the exact amount? It was... Um, well, one of the commenters said it, but I'm looking in here and I can't really find. Oh, um, keep talking. Okay, I thought I found it. It was a substantial amount. Six grams. Six grams. That's that a, lot like a lot of math. That's a lot of math. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of math. I mean, it's a lot of math for a ten-year-old. Is that actually a lot of math? I mean, I, like, mean, I don't know anything about math. Well, <laughs> I mean, I've never actually had meth in my hands, but meth is, you know, a crystal. Yeah, they don't weigh much. That's yeah. Cool. Someone yeah. would assume six grams of it yeah. would be. Imagine if you had like six grams of salt. Yeah, I that's mean, a lot like, of salt. Not really. Yeah, I mean, like it's a, like a baggie worth of salt. Totally, know. but that's yeah. a that's a large amount of crystal meth. That's a felony. Yeah, that's a felony. I mean, like it had to have been small enough that like obviously whoever was working at GameStop never noticed that it was in the instruction yeah. book or whatever. But yeah, no, I just thought it was so funny for two reasons. Number one, if I found a bag of crystal meth and caught inside my copy of Grand Theft Auto Five, I've been like, how funny they put fake crystal meth in Grand Theft Auto Five, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, the other is just like, like how like does GameStop really? They don't like look at all. Nope. They just throw it right you back know, out there. This isn't the first time like something like this is not that this is like this is a unique situation. Yeah. But I remember a few years back um, when the 3DS was like starting to pick up steam. There was yeah. that story that uh, this like he might he could have been older than like six. Yeah. Got his new 3DS for Christmas. It wasn't new. It was used. They got mm-hmm. it from GameStop. Uh, just filled with 3D porn. Just oh really? Maxed out with 3D porn. Yeah. Number one, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> I was unaware you could get 3D porn for the 3DS. I'm <laughs> wish you would have told me about this before now. Yeah. 
Um, actually, really? I'm going to... Would yeah. that have to be specially produced for the 3DS? You'd think so, yeah. It just couldn't be regular pawns. It's that unique... T- well, it's that unique 3D that yeah. they have. I thought there had to... So you get to see depth. Need to be a different transfer for yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about 3D pawns. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but the, yeah. So this was... On the this was in... Oh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe homemade it was homemade pawn. 3D pawn. Maybe. Well, I mean, yeah, you could use the, the camera yeah, on it. Exactly. Just some POV 3D action. It's entirely Yeah, possible. totally it is. So it was a five-year-old. Yeah. Ah. And this was in 2012. Yeah. Um, so people are gross. Yeah. That's, the, that's basically it. Yeah. And yeah. GameStop is selling stuff to children they should not be selling to children. Um, including Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. With or without the math. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> should not, should not, Kids not, should not have had that. No. <laughs> Maybe this is how you teach. Like, you got the math. That's your fault. <laughs> An adult wouldn't know what to watch do. Watch the movie. You'll see. What, play the game. You'll see what it's for. <laughs> um. So... There were nine pictures mm-hmm. on there. Okay, okay. Really so that was... makes sense. It's three D pornographic photo. Okay, so I, mean, I, have, I feel like so they... I feel like I haven't been wasting my three DS no. now for a while. There, <laughs> I didn't realize. Um, and the the the, fam- the family said that the child was traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it must have been good porn. <laughs> 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 yeah. But yeah, that's. I mean, this isn't news that GameStop doesn't really check their. No, no, I, I have a story. No, clearly not. I have a story for this, actually. Yeah. So I was uh, looking for a Vita because mm-hmm. I needed an extra Vita. Yeah. Long His story. third Vita. Mm. Uh, there's a reason for it. Okay. Mm. Um, so I went to a, a GameStop, and I'm like, do you have a Vita? Because I wanted a Slim. Mm. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we have one. I'm like, okay, let's see it. It looked like someone took, like, a serrated knife to it. Oh. And they're like, it's kind of okay, right? I'm like, no. There's, like, <laughs> through the camera, there's a... No, this is not okay. He's like, yeah, it's not the best looking. I'm like, no, it, it's obviously been like ground down with mm. some sharp object. And he's like, ah. Mm. So you don't want to, like, no, <laughs> I do not. Good sir, no, I do not. <laughs> so I think what Brendan's trying to say is GameStop and quality go together. Yeah. That's like Crystal Meth and Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Perfectly together, yeah. Do we have those in Canada or just EB games? Crystal Meth or Grand Theft Auto? No, Crystal Meth. <laughs> I know what we have. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, at GameStop? There GameStop. are GameStops in Canada. No, they've renamed them all EB games. Oh, they're all oh, EB they games have now? been renamed. Okay. They were because the one on Bloor and Bathurst That's used right. to be a GameStop. Yeah. And they just changed the DB games because everyone was like, what's the game? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's what I was thinking specifically that one because I was in the end for the first time in a while and I was like, oh, when the EB games go in there? Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, I think GameStop like, okay. purchased all of them it and then rebranded no, them or the other way around. a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. It's just they just, in Canada, they were always EB games. Then they said, let's bring the GameStop brand and kind of just have one unified brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then no one wanted the GameStop. It they just always confused like, people. Yeah. Yeah. I only knew of one GameStop and it was like down like Beaches area. They just changed them all. Yeah. It's the same thing. They just changed the names. Like, it's no. a sign difference. Yeah. No. It wasn't. It, nothing changed about it. Uh, personally, I was a microplay kid. That was my there store. There is still a microplay uh, in Ottawa. They're, they still exist. They're, they're very few and far between, but they exist. It had Sonic and Mario on the, on the sign. They That's probably true. legally couldn't have either for one. Everybody. <laughs> probably I mean, legally, they probably could have. That probably has something to do with why you don't see a lot of microplays anymore. But, <laughs> you know. Speaking of Sonic, Sega dropped a gameplay trailer for Sonic Mania. Yep, that's about nice. all we need to talk about of that. Uh, no, it was awesome. So, <laughs> Sonic Mania, you know Sonic Mania, right, Phil? Of course. Yeah, so it's a remix of old Sonic game, yeah. like levels and everything like that. So they showed off Battery Zone, which was from Sonic and Knuckles, one of my favorite Sonic games oh, of all yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably has one of my favorite tracks, the, the, the 
batteries on track. It's it's yeah. awesome. It's so weirdly intense. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, they showed it off with Knuckles playing. Nice. Um, oh, Knuckles is in it. Yeah. Nice. It's Sonic Mania and Knuckles. With light and everything. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they were showing off his like yeah. gliding, and he looks like he's straight out of the Genesis, which is fantastic. Um. Yeah. But they were showing off some other things that because I've played a lot of classic Sonic, mm-hmm. like a stupid amount of classic Sonic. I don't recall this ever being a thing that you could do, but uh, you know the lightning shield that you yes. could get. So um, one of the things they showed was uh, uh, this level has a giant magnet on the top. Oh yeah. Um, and when it turns on, the lightning shield, like Knuckles would like end up walking upside down. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I don't recall that ever being a thing. That I was, could be wrong, I think but it was in. Um did you ever play Knuckles Chaotix, I think it was called? The one that oh, was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played that, and that had some weird effects like that. That's kind of um, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were only a couple decent games that I had ever played for the 32X. Oh, yeah. After Knuckles I Chaotix, it, though, is that, that's was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it had this weird thing as well where you were bound to a second player, and you guys would, like, yeah. slingshot each other to get extra speed. It was really interesting. It was fun. I really liked that one. Yeah, the... Like that, and then Star Wars Arcade, and also there was this uh, fighting game called Cosmic Carnage. Oh, ooh, okay. It was really good, and the, I, I always really enjoyed it. It had a like, cool aesthetic, but it also confused the hell out of me because it was like a pre-internet era when I had it, and yeah. it was an incredibly unpopular. It was like a 32X, like, you know, secondary title. <laughs> so I could never find a moves list for it. And, like, you could do fatalities, but there was no, like, finish him thing. Okay. So it just seemed to happen randomly, and I could never <laughs> figure out what it did. What it did, And I would remember spending hours with friends being like, this time we're going to figure out how we do this. It's going to press every never. combination of buttons that you possibly never, could find. Yeah, I could never figure it out. But it was a fun game. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I, I, the 32X wasn't the best thing ever, but, no. I mean... It did have Knuckles Chaotix, and that was a great game. I had a couple good games. I actually would make the argument that the 32X is probably what killed Sega. You think? Yeah, because if you look at, like, the the, the Sega CD came out in 93, Mm -hmm. the year I was born. Nice. (laughs) Um, The the 32X came out in 94. Yeah. So they wanted people to get, like, two new systems, essentially, one after another. And Mm -hmm. then in 95 or 96? Mm Mm-hmm. I, th- I want to say 96, 97, it's actually. Like Saturn? The Saturn came out. Yeah. So this is this too much. Yeah. Too much Sega. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it looked bizarre if you had the Genesis yeah. with all the attachments Oh, on. God. It looked it like yeah. it looked like it was on life support. It did. It, it looked I, gross. I did at one point stack a 32X with a Game Genie and Sonic and & Knuckles. And oh, yeah. There fun. you go. Well, Sonic & Knuckles was one of the countries you could put things together. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, because yeah, yeah. Sonic & Knuckles... Um, Sonic 3 was too big to fit on the cartridge. Right. So they released the expansion, Sonic and Knuckles, so you can put it on top. But it also yeah. worked with Sonic 2. So you can play as Knuckles and Sonic 2. And oh, yeah. the, sh- he- the heck out of that game. Yeah. <laughs> but it broke the game a bit, didn't it? No. No, no, no. Uh, like, like there, were, there were actually points in Sonic 2 that you cannot get to unless you have the Knuckles thing in there. Really? Yeah. Like, they're just, like, little, like, like ring box secrets. But, like, oh, it's weird. still mm-hmm. something you wouldn't find without it oh, mm. okay. yeah anyway, no. i'm glad to hear knuckles is back oh yeah. yeah he uh he looks great and mm. just going back on the genesis for one second man mm. sonic team in like the early 90s was untouchable i was just thinking like you're talking about uh knuckles chaotix and that game mm. was fantastic do you ever remember uh rystar no if you ever get your hands on a genesis collection because that's how i found it i never mm. heard of rystar before it was a sonic team game and you can tell it has all the setting mm-hmm. um it's a great platformer, yeah. Um, and most of the physics are about like 
grabbing things and just launching your body into them. It's oh, really fun. cool. Yeah. yeah. Recommend it. Cool. Anyway, moving on from that, um, Square Enix announced um, that they are parting ways with IO Interactive. So that's the studio that made Hitman. Oh, okay. And, um, and Freedom Fighters and Kanan Lynch. Yeah. So one of those games is not like the other, and it's really successful. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting because uh, they are going to be um, Square Enix had to like lose. What was it? I can't I can't find the number in here now. Uh, but there was a stupid high number that they like paid to get rid of them. And it made me wonder, like, how much they were really losing with IO Interactive. It was like under. thirty-four million. Was that, that what it was? Like I see thirty-three. Um, yeah, I think it was like. Oh wait, the, it will cost them um, four hundred and eight hundred ninety-eight million yen. I think it works out to be like thirty-eight thousand, thirty-eight yeah. million dollars. So it makes me wonder, like, what what happened. Because we all assumed Hitman Go or Hitman, Hitman Go, well, Hitman twenty sixteen was yeah. pretty successful. Also, mm. it's it's gonna be odd because Square Enix Montreal does all the mobile titles, and they have Hitman Go. Yeah, which I thought do, did really well, but IO Interactive is one that did hit the actual full Hitman games. Yeah, are they getting? They haven't actually said if they're getting rid of the licenses or if they're just getting rid of the studio. My and if they're not getting rid of the licenses, that makes things weird. My assumption would be just that Square has been so successful lately, they don't need those titles anymore. And yeah. they want to focus on their in-house brands. Literally, that's what they said. They yeah. want to focus on core brands and IPs. Um, yeah, it makes well, perfect sense. This actually leads into the next story I had. Another Q4 earnings report from Square Enix this time. Um, and actually, their in-house brands were extremely successful this uh, uh, that quarter. Heaven forbid. So... I'm going to try to do my best, like last week, to um, make this as interesting as possible, go through the numbers as fast as possible so that people don't get bored. But, all right, so the they had a, a favorable quarter with uh, a 25% increase in their net sales and operating income from digital entertainment. Um, and that's thanks to Rise of the Tomb Raider and... Uh, Final Fantasy 15. Um, also, uh, their amusement sector. I didn't realize this. Square Enix does like arcade stuff yeah. as well. They, all, to be fair, that also probably includes the pachinko machines and the yeah. slot machines and all this other stuff. Um, that actually did pretty well for them. Uh, they saw in operating their operating in- income decreased by eight percent, but their uh, sorry, I lost my place. Riveting. Long playing development. Okay. So their net sales went up 3.9%. It's not huge, but whatever. Sure. Um, Those are the big numbers. There. Their publishing uh, sector uh, saw an increase. Uh, so their net publishing sales were increased by 0.7%. Um, mm. And their operating income, 7.1%. Um and yeah, they uh, they saw a steady performance, uh, merchandising performance from uh, mostly what they said was uh, they they attributed to character goods and soundtracks. So what I'm thinking is, I don't know about you, you walked into any like game shop and you saw Final Fantasy 15 figurines everywhere, and to- Rise of Tomb Raider as well. 
Uh, so that that's on increase as well. So Square Enix is doing pretty all right, and they let go of IO Interactive. We only own them since 2009, I want to say. I mean, it was going to happen, probably. That this like this isn't like that this it's kind of stuff industry. happens all the, the time. Industry, yeah. yeah, it's not like the studio shutting down. So I mean, well, they can still. We'll see. We'll see. Well, at at this time of recording, the studio hasn't shut down. Yeah, I, I'm just uh, um, surprised because uh, I thought the last Hitman game did really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure it did just you know, relative to the other Square. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm sure what I'm sure. But this I mean, is just me speculating because it didn't say. I'm sure they're retaining the rights to Hitman. Maybe. I I can't see them letting that go. I can. Well, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they're not. I mean, like, wouldn't Hitman be the only like ultra violent Square Enix game? Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider, Even that's, yeah. like, teen-rated. No, no it's, it's M. M. It's M? Yeah. yeah. But it's I not... I even Final Fantasy's M, I believe. Yeah. Is it a 15M? But no, Final yeah. Fantasy 15 was T. Okay. But, but, but Tomb Raider is, like, much more tasteful than Hitman. Yeah, Hitman's, like, a blatant murder. Yeah. It is a murder scene. Exactly. Man. So it might just be that that's... They just don't want to have that In on brain. their plate. Yeah. yeah. That's possible. Deus Ex was M, but I don't think that was again as, and they have also yeah. basically put that in ultimate hiatus. Oh well, yeah, totally. So that's yeah. the thing is like Square Enix is very classy as yeah. far as video game studios go. They're no rock star. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, it could be that. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. It does not fit their brand. No. Yeah. That that would make sense. Mm-hmm. That that would make a lot of sense. But um, last little bit of news. It's E3 news. Yay! It's also Nintendo news. Yay! Mm-hmm. E3, Nintendo revealed their E3 plans. Yay. Yay. So, um, I mean, they didn't really reveal, like, anything groundbreaking. But um, they announced that um, starting at uh, June 13th, 2017 at 9 a.m. PT, which would be 12 p.m. AET, they will be showing off Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, so they have a little bit of nice. a they have this handy dandy image which didn't load properly for me here. So I'm gonna try to load it, it properly here. Mm-hmm. It got cut on our website, so I'm gonna have to go in and fix that. But um, yeah, so they have their. I can read the like most important parts. So yeah, so that's gonna be their spotlight, which is where they show off Super Mario Odyssey. I'm sure there's gonna be more games there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're gonna also gonna have a live treehouse, um, and that. That's kind of they do that every year where it's just like a amazing a ongoing recording, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just showing stuff off, and then they're gonna have actually live tournaments there as well on the thirteenth and fourteenth. Cool. So Nintendo tournaments? Yep. Like what Mario Kart? I'm assuming. Oh, and Smash Brothers. Um, but maybe they'll have something going on for Arms if they want to show that off. Oh, yeah, could um, be. But I'm not sure. But they also said that they're gonna be showing off a bunch of things. So yeah. Um, I'm really excited. It's it's nice to see Nintendo kind of taking it seriously mm-hmm. um but you never know maybe they're not maybe it'll just be like last year where they show off one game who knows i find that hard to believe given that they have a new system that they're kind of done i mean it would be nice i would like to see i'm sure they will a plethora of titles i i was saying the other day i would give a non-vital like organ mm-hmm. for a remaster of like the metroid prime trilogy mm-hmm. those games are so good mm-hmm and we're probably just going to get Fire Emblem. I think, it, <laughs> I, I think it's not out of the question that they'll do that. And also, um, you'll get a new Metroid game proper. Yeah, I mean, sure. it would be nice. But I don't think Nintendo sees Metroid as, like, a big mover. You kidding? Like, even even when, like, Nintendo's big three used to be um, 
Zelda Mario Metroid. Mm-hmm. And Metroid was like a third, like a very distant mm-hmm. third. Now it seems like their third is now Fire Emblem. And they see they see a I think they see a better or better. They see more dollar signs with Fire Emblem. Because yeah, I think it's cheaper to make too. But they still make Metroid t shirts and stuff. Like there's going to oh, be a yeah. Metroid game. I'm not saying for it's not the, the, for, for hey, the new system. There wasn't one on the entirety of the Wii U. Yeah, well, there technically there almost wasn't a Zelda game on the entirety of the Wii, Wii, Wii U as well. That's very that's true. That thing got shoveled. I'm sure yeah. whatever Metroid game they were working on for the Wii U will soon be coming out in a better version. There also wasn't a Switch. Metroid game on the N64 either. That's true, but then they did mind you, they three. got they got two on well three if you count the remaster, but they hmm. they got two on the Wii. Yeah, and two on the GameCube. Yeah, and it's like their first person shooter. Franchise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be ni- it would be nice to see. Uh, no it's just the last main entry Metroid game we got was the other M, unless you want to count Federation Force, which I mean, I like other M as well. I thought, I thought okay, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. And I'm glad yeah. that I found someone that's like minded. Yeah. Here's a controversial stance: Metroid Other M isn't as bad as you remember it. Uh, it's just kind of fine. Yeah, it's it's a fine game. As a Metroid game, it's not good. Uh, but as a game, it's fine. I thought it was fun. I love the mechanic of the switching from first person to side scroller. Yeah. And um, I, the story didn't bother me. Like I like the aesthetic. Um, I the, the aesthetic, story yeah, was, was fine. Pretty, yeah, I, uh, was fun. I thought the voice acting sucked, but mm-hmm. that's also it was Team Ninja. What did you expect? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought Other M was was a fine game. Yeah, I thought it got an irrational level of hate. I think part of it was um, it was coming off the back of the Metroid Prime trilogy. Well, yeah, that didn't help. That's the thing. The that yeah. Metroid Prime series was so unbelievably great, mm-hmm. um, and and to expect any game to really mm-hmm. live up to that would have been silly, mm-hmm. to say the least. But I mean, I would like to. I just want a new Metroid, and I don't know. I don't know how I want it. Like, do do we? Would it go back to? Side scrolling again, or would it be a first person shooter again? Or I mean, like, look at the game. Maybe a like third person action. Axon Verge. Uh, Axon, Axon Verge. Is that it? What? Uh, the side scrolling. Oh, Axion Verge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game there is basically Metroid again. So mm. I mean. Well, I mean, Metroidvania is a very popular title, especially yeah. in genre, the. Not or, yeah, sorry, genre. It's I'm tired. Um, mm. Metroidvania is very uh, popular genre, yeah. especially on the indie scene. Mm. Um. So, I mean, it, it, it'd be silly for Nintendo to not jump in on that. Hey, it's been... Uh, God, wh- when would, when did Other M come out, even? Other M? Uh, 2012? I'm going to say 2011. 2010. Ooh, wow. That's yeah. It's been long. seven years since there was a main entry. Wow. I thought yeah, it was Metroid. Metroid. I just, there's no way there's not going to be one. They do everything they can to keep that Metroid brand alive. Yeah. Po- hey, I mean, I would love to see a F-Zero, but I, I know, think me that's too. wishful thinking. No, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an F-Zero for the Switch. Cause they Yeah, because they already blew their Mario Kart load for a little while, <laughs> and they're going to want to get a racing game out there. Yeah, well, I mean, there's uh, Fast RMX. Yeah, mm. which is basically almost exactly that. That, that's yeah. a, that is F-Zero. Um, which if you if you haven't had a chance to play it, I really recommend it. I have. It. It's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's decidedly okay. I mean, like, it's <laughs> fun. It's totally fun. But F Zero, there's just there's a creativity to the way they designed the tracks in F Zero. Yeah, yeah. That um, they even I found in the um, the F Zero levels in Mar- in the new Mario Kart were like felt like F Zero in a way that the oh, other yeah. one didn't. Yeah. No, I'm sure all that stuff will come back. They did you uh, did you have a chance to play the GameCube version of F Zero? Yeah. 
Yeah, with the Sega published one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. The Sega published? I don't know if they, Sega developed it. Weird. Mm. Yeah, they wanted to go fast. Mm. Who who knows how to go faster than Sega? Mm. True, they do. They are big on fast. Yeah, yeah, that's that's their whole thing. It's fast. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was Sega though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I did. I loved it. That's I loved, when I loved all the F Zero games. That's when you knew the the console was over. Like mm. there's always the like, well, you know, maybe they'll come back. Then they put Sonic on the GameCube, and then they made a Nintendo game. Yeah, that was <laughs> that must have been a dark, dark time to be a Sega fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that. I oh, think we, we should can... also mention that um, apparently uh, Mass Effect is being put on hiatus for a little while. I figured, like, I okay, it's news, yes, but is it news? Eh, when did no. okay? Here's here's when Mass Effect three came out. Again, riveting. Riveting, I know. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect three came out in 2012. Okay, then your Mass Effect is drama this year. That's that's a pretty big gap between games. Even if they're saying it's going on hiatus, if they wait the same amount of time between 3 and Andromeda, people would be like, yeah, it's on hiatus. Yeah, fair. It just means there's not going to be an immediate Mass Effect game. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, like, let's be honest, it's not like this was the most well-received title nope. EA's ever produced. Nope. Um, do we want to see more Mass Effect? Of course, it's Mass Effect. But, like, yeah. I think much like Nintendo after Metroid Other M... These guys need to tuck it away for a little bit. To, That's fair. So people can have some time to miss it. Uh, makes sense to me. But with that, so we will Phil, do you have go any, to... Uh, I am I doing the, I am doing the sh- thing. Phil, you have movie news, yeah? I do. <laughs> um, let's get into that right now. All right. So, yeah. First up, um, what did you guys think of the Blade Runner trailer? It was okay. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I think it looks really pretty. I'm into it. Did Ridley Scott do that one, too? No. Okay. Don't even live. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we no. have reasons for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it looks good. I'm into it. Right. I mean, I was disappointed when Jared Leto was in it because I didn't know that, and that was upsetting. Yeah. That's but a, beyond that's that. proper response. Yeah. Yes. But beyond that. Um, it's pretty. It's I'm really into it. Pretty. Yeah. I'm really into it. I think they're going to do something interesting with yeah. that. Um, new right. Twin Peaks trailer just came out today. Today? Just like 20 minutes ago. Oh, my God. I can't I wait know. to watch it. No, We can't talk about does it. Show, it does came out sh- yesterday. Did it? Oh, Yeah. Because it's Friday. Oh, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, so it's, it's more than just like showing snapshots of all the characters. Cool, uh, actual trailer. Fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, and there I was the, I haven't seen it. There was the It trailer, the new It trailer this yeah. week as well. That was pretty good, but it was mostly just showing off the kids to yeah. make it seem more like Stranger Kid things, yeah. which, to be fair. Don't blame them. It kind of is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, to be um, fair, more Stranger Things is just It. Yeah. I'm staking a lot of uh, Stephen King yeah. stuff. All right. Anyway, next up. Um <coughs> So this is a, a strange one. Uh, Donald Glover is currently developing a uh, animated Deadpool I series. Saw this. Sure. Yeah, which I'm, I'm okay with, but yeah. it's just weird to me that there's going to be a Deadpool TV series and film franchise at the same time. Like that's a lot of. Are Deadpool. they both Fox? Well, one's a lot of Deadpool. One's animated. Yeah, but FX. I think that's just when you have a popular character, that's what happens. I mean, they did it with Spider-Man. But be, they oh, did it with. Of course, I'm used to that happening. It's just I like Deadpool. This is a controversial opinion, but uh, Deadpool is kind of one joke. Yep. And that joke gets stale. Yep. And I think this is a mistake. Is here's here's <laughs> the thing. People don't realize that, though, because mm. people don't read the comics. They saw the movie. Mm. Uh, so eventually <laughs> people will the they'll, they'll come to their conclu- – mm. they'll, they'll realize it. But until then, He's just gonna have a dick. Marvel's going to rake in Not that. Marvel. Fox. Marvel doesn't have any cut in it? No. Uh, nope. 
Okay, well, then well, Fox is gonna. I mean, like, yeah, so. that's what I'm talking people, about. Yeah, yeah. No one's buying Deadpool comics. Yeah. It's not the comics; it's the merch. Those T-shirts yeah. and things. Oh, there's so much T-shirts, hats, gloves, there, yeah. belt buckles, belts themselves, wallets. So much money off that. Slightly amount of stuff. Yeah. 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 Marvel Cosplay. is making a killing on that. And Fox is going to make a killing it, with the ratings and the commercials and all that jazz. Like, it's I think not. I'm just saying words now. Mm-hmm. No, Fox is going to make money. Marvel's going to make money. But Marvel mm. will make the money if the, mo- the series does well or badly. Fox won't. Because uh, the Spider-Man's merch still sold, even if the movies were bad. But it yeah, definitely but spikes oh, if yeah. the movies are yeah. good. Yeah, that doesn't mean... If there's something good, then they should keep making it, because mm. it's making them money, so they're going to make more of them. Mm. That's just simple. We'll see. Anyway, I mean, like I do like Donald Glover. Um, perhaps he has a unique take on it. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, sure, that's coming. Um, as is a live-action Dread, Judge Dredd TV series. They're working on that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Oh, did you never read the Judge Dredd comics? I love the Judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into them too. It's that's the thing. It's just like a really interesting mythology that has never been properly you explored know, in um, anything beyond the comics. Rebellion Entertainment actually own that franchise. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, guy, make... the guy that owned it is like, I'm just gonna buy it one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. Makes they, they sense. They own that whole like twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty ninety nine AD. I think it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, you know, how much money can they really bring yeah. in? Those like you know obscure comics just for Britain. <laughs> Um, They're making a remaster version of Rogue Trooper. Rogue Trooper, yeah. Uh Rogue Trooper, a game that came out on the PS2 and Xbox One that no one played, but they're making a new one because... No, they're just remastering. They're not making it. Well, it's whatever. It's new. (laughs) Sure. Interesting. Well, anyway, Judge Dredd TV series. I'm not against it. I'm sure. Um, Next up. If Keith Urban plays them, I'm happy. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No, they can't. Um, but, all right, next up. Um, so there's that Suspiria remake coming that I'm very apprehensive about. Yep. And this week, that Suspiria, the most iconic element of Suspiria is the music, and they announced who's going to do the music for it, and it's Tom York from Radiohead. That doesn't sound right. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's very bizarre. I think this is either going to be a fascinating mess or a really good movie, and I have no idea which one. It could be a fascinating mess of a good movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, one thing I do like is that everything I've seen and heard is that they are taking a drastically different direction than the original. Okay. Um, in that yeah. it will have like characters with psychology and a plot that has some sense of logic to it. No, I, w- I want nonsense. <laughs> if I don't have nonsense, I don't want it. They're not going to do it. Um, so I'm very intrigued. But anyway, I'm not as a big get. Um, I also can't help but wonder if they like they realize that. The Tom York wasn't the one from Radiohead that, re- that does movie scores, <laughs> or yeah, I feel like there may have been some confusion there. <laughs> but anyway, he's doing it, um, and that's happening. Um, oh, and here's a fun little bit of uh, Canadian news uh, this week: the uh, Royal Ontario Museum realized that they had a uh, new dinosaur skull on their hands, and they got to name it, yep. and so they named it Zool after Ghostbusters. <laughs> that's amazing. So there's now a dinosaur called Zool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a real thing. I know someone that worked was on that team mm-hmm. because why not so funny so funny and uh and finally um the rock did a big uh Dwayne, the rock johnson i should clarify mm-hmm. uh did a big interview with gq this week and at one point they asked him if he uh was considering at some point going into politics and possibly running for president and he responded very earnestly it's qu- it's very much a possibility so there is a chance that at a certain point Dwayne The Rock Johnson will run for political office, possibly president. As much as I'd love to see The Rock 
I kind of want to just see that. verbally assault mm-hmm. a Republican candidate. I just can we just stop with celebrities running for politics? They don't understand how it works. It's I understand that the election process of it is a popularity contest, mm-hmm. but after that, there's like an actual like job you have to do. Mm. Yes, just stop. I mean, just be fun on the screen without the whole potential of, like, starting a war mm. by calling Putin a jabroni or something. Yeah. Now, to be fair, um, Jesse the Bot of Ventura actually did do a decent job when he was governor of Minnesota. And then he and now he's in Mexico. Yeah, and then he, he disappeared because <laughs> well, he's a crazy person. <laughs> and uh, Al Franken's actually done quite well as senator yeah. for years now. Yeah, I mean, and Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't terrible either. Yeah, Al Franken's the one that was the SNL alumni. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And Stuart Smalley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's actually he actually knows. Yeah, he's still doing it. Yeah, he's, yeah does some yeah, really good. congressional senator, hearings and stuff. Yeah, he's really good. Senator at Senator's different than El Presidente. Well, of course, that's the big thing. Well, you don't go to president right away. You got to hold other political office yeah. first. I mean, other than Donald Trump, except yeah. for Donald Trump. Well, yeah, yeah of course, that's, but that's <laughs> the exception to the rule. He's just that kind of. He's, mm-hmm. he's the greatest. He's also, rogue outsider. Well, fun fact: uh, Jesse Ventura was very political even before he was in politics. Mm-hmm. He tried to start a wrestlers union, mm-hmm. and then he got true. fired. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he found out that he was trying to start mm-hmm. a union. This is very true. Yeah, this so is very true. That was a little fun he's fact. A crazy man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's totally a crazy man. I love listening to his interviews, though. Oh, he's the best. He's amazing. Didn't he just release a book about cannabis, too? I'm sure he did. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise um, me. Is he Keep talking. I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, no, he's totally for it. Oh, yeah, very much into it. Um, it's, also- it's actually like he did a lot of research. It's not um, It's not like he sounds like a crazy person. Like, he was actually like he went into like why mm-hmm. it got, um, why it became illegal and like mm. um, like some of the but he is benefits a crazy for Oh, yeah. You, you should see him. He looks like the doctor from uh, Back to the Future. Oh, yeah, that's but. great. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. All right. Should we take a break? That's it for movies. Let's take a break. Yeah. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always $5 short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short, you say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Past. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next comic bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next comic bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next comic bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. And we are back. So that book, it's called The Marijuana Manifesto. Actually, I think it's called Jesse Ventura's Marijuana Manifesto. That makes it actually extra weird. (laughs) That doesn't help it at all. Yeah, Um, but it got a 3.9 out of 5 on Goodreads. I don't know what that means. Uh, Goodreads. I know what Goodreads is. is. It's a group reading app that lets you program in what books. You can do book clubs online. In this groundbreaking book, best-selling author Jesse Ventura lays out his philosophy on marijuana and why he's been in favor of legalization. Now, more than ever before, our country needs to see full legalization of medical-slash-recreational marijuana and hemp. Why don't just say straight up just legalize it? At that point, it's for everything. Like, you don't need to say recreational and 
That was the Minimal. first paragraph. The last paragraph, I'm not going to read the middle because it's too long, but the last one says, Jesse Ventura's marijuana manifesto calls for an end to the war on drugs. Just because something is illegal, that doesn't mean it goes away. It just means that criminals run it. Legalization of marijuana. Uh, this is not fun anymore. Nope. Anyway. It actually sounds like a real book. Yeah. No, he actually put work into it. But, oh, like, oh, you should see the cover of it. It's It's got, like, got a little Jesse Ventura with his, like, weird, like, t-shirt he looks like a madman he looks like exactly what i said <laughs> uh jesse the body of ventura i he, he don't looks, ever change he looks really out of it yeah, yeah. And that's what happens when you're a senator for years all right uh Phil, mm-hmm. you've seen the movies i haven't just so we don't need to talk about that anymore yep. i'm on board with that all right so first up um, the big one that I reviewed this week that it's uh, available on our website is the Belco experiment. I've heard about this, mm-hmm. which is um, essentially summed up as uh, Office Bates meets Battle Royale. Oh. So it's yeah, it's set uh, in in Colombia where a unnamed uh, well, it's called Belco. It's a name company, but an un, unspecified. You don't know what they do. Unspecified company has shipped an entire like office worker worth of uh, American drones out to work in Colombia. They right. don't really know why. Um, and then one day, uh, the doors lock and the windows shutter, and a voice comes on the announcer saying that they have half an hour to murder two people, or else, uh, uh, I forget what the exact number are, but I think it's like murder two people or ten will die. And they're like, well, this is a test. It can't be real. And then the time passes, and ten, die. ten heads explode. Oh, um, And then they say that you now have uh, 30 minutes to murder uh, 20 people, or even more will die. And... Etc. Etc. Just that that, that scene yeah. from The Dark Knight in a so, movie. Totally. Yeah. Similar okay. to that as a movie. Um, it was written by James Gunn, um, pre Guardians of the Galaxy, back oh, when yeah. he was making his weirdo horror. So this expo- is a while ago. Then? Um, it was written a little while ago, back when he was making his weirdo horror expo- okay. exploitation movies like Slither and Super. Yeah. And um, after Guardians was successful enough, all of a sudden people were willing to make it. It was one of those uh, scripts that was on the blacklist and things oh, like that for okay. a long time. Someone was willing to make it. He by virtue of the fact that he's making Guardians of the Galaxy 2 didn't direct it, so they got Greg McLean, who did the Wolf Creek movies, Australian director. Yeah. And uh, it uh, it turned out really well. It has, like, I feel like if James Gunn had actually directed it, would have been goofier and had yeah. more of, like, a slapstick gore comedy to it. Greg McLean does have a sense of humor. It's much more deadpan and much more dark and grueling. So, um, but the cast is really good. It's got great character actors. Um, the main character is John Gallagher Jr., who is the one who... It was not John Goodman in 10 Cloverfield Lane. And um, uh, Michael Rooker's in it, John C. McGinley, um, uh, Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, a bunch of different people. And uh, they're all very committed to it. It it, it, it has a really interesting tone of being uh, funny, but not in a way that ever... Uh, stretches the credibility or lightens the tone of the like you know sort of nasty element of the movie it has a really strong like built-in ticking clock suspense structure to it and uh it's just a good filthy time if you like that kind of stuff i mean obviously it is a bit of a satire but in a like you know uh corporate politics or evil very simplistic kind of way but it is smart on that level and um and i just kind of love that it's uh coming out now um while his big giant disney movie was also playing in yeah. theaters that's just kind of a fun combo and mm-hmm. shows what a strange strange man he is yeah and uh i was really into it if you yeah if 
basically if like the elevator pitch of office space meets battle royale sounds even remotely entertaining to you then you will enjoy it um and if not you're never gonna see it anyway so it doesn't matter so yeah if you're in the mood for a goofy gory horror comedy um i really recommend it just bearing in mind that it is actually genuinely quite grueling and upsetting at times in addition to being wacky and bloody and has great exploding heads. I mean, what more can you want? Yeah, that's the last one. You don't get a lot of good exploding heads in movies anymore. Not, not nearly enough. Not, not, not nearly enough at all. Um, and then also this week I saw a far more serious uh, side of horror movies, uh, an Australian movie called The Hounds of Love. It was first time by first-time filmmaker Ben Young, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a kidnapping serial killer movie about this couple who um, they sort of routinely uh, kidnap young girls using the – the woman to um you know make it seem like it's a friendly yeah. situation take them home and murder them loosely based on true story uh true story and it's about they kidnap this one girl and the the they normally just kept them for a couple of days but the guy becomes obsessed with her and then the wife uh, the like wife murderer yeah. uh gets jealous and slowly like start to like realize how manipulated she's been by the guy like it doesn't in any way like ignore the fact that she too is a serial killer yeah but you do feel some sort of sympathy for her situation and it becomes this kind of like you know parlor three three three-way mind game between the three of them of like trying to manipulate the girl trying to manipulate her way to safety the um the wife slowly trying to come out of the trance that he's been on that she's been put under since she was 13 and the husband uh manipulating and murdering the hell out of everyone and it's incredibly disturbing but they don't actually show any of the violence um every that's all kept off screen it's just like the emotional reality of it that's Mm. so disturbing and it's incredibly upsetting but i also found like very insightful and challenging and beautifully Mm. made and uh yeah if you like it's one of those things like henry portrait of a serial killer that's sort of only a horror movie by virtue of there being no other proper classification yeah. for it that you know shouldn't be told it's a drama because you're gonna have a bad time kind of yeah. thing um and i really really recommend people that like that kind of very grounded um psychologically unsettling very realistic crime thriller to check it out because i was awesome. really really impressed by it and uh, then also um on the documentary front um just double check her name here uh, there we go. Uh, Laura Piardes, who yeah. did Citizen Four, the Edward Snowden documentary. Yeah. Um, she has a new documentary called uh, Risk about Julian Assange okay. that she was filming. She started filming it um, like back before any of the asylum or sex yeah. allegations came out, and continued filming it up until the election recently. Okay. And it's on the one hand like kind of a frustrating movie, and on the other hand, a really fascinating movie because you could tell. And watching it, and she also like details that this in voiceover that when she started filming it, she found she like was sort of filming Julian Assange as someone who she considered kind of like a noble kind of folk yeah. hero, taking down figures of power, and then gradually from like the rape allegations through to now, uh, became very disillusioned, and their relationship became very fraught. Weird. And she's sort of like, you know, you can tell that she's not even sure should she be making a movie about him. Should we give him any fame? Did he right. get changed? Was he always like this? And um, it's really candid and very uncomfortable. And it's a little unfocused, but it is kind of fascinating because you just oh. don't often get a film that has that sort of perspective. Of, right. Like someone, the filmmaker being so honest as to like growing to loathe the person they're making their movie about. Yeah, yeah. And is it even right that she make release it at that point? Mm-hmm. So it's really compelling on that level. And it is kind of appropriate. It's kind of an appropriate way to treat Julian Assange because I, to this day, have no idea what to make of him. Yeah. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy or he's definitely a narcissist and uh has questionable morals beyond that yep. i have no i can't 
my opinion on him seems to change every time he opens his mouth. Yep. So um, I found it really interesting in that vein. It's not as good as Citizen Four because it's more some you know yep. Citizen Four was more streamlined, felt like a thriller. Um, this is you know a little all over the place, but kind of fascinating in that okay. way. And yeah. it even yeah, actually Citizen Four even factors into it because at a certain point while making the Julia Assange movie. She got the emails from Edward Snowden and went off to shoot that movie. And then Julian Assange got really jealous and started emailing her, saying that she was <laughs> making all these mistakes and demanding that he get that uh, she share all the information about Edward Snowden with him before it went to the public to put on WikiLeaks. And, yeah, so you could tell. And then like like their relationship seemed particularly fraught after that. Like he got angry that she made that other movie and it did well and it wasn't his movie. And <laughs> it's very very strange. It eventually ends like it's not a spoiler to say, but it eventually ends with like she showed him a rough cut of the movie and he said that he wasn't happy and they wanted to he wanted to meet with her so they could agree upon a version of the movie that could be more mutually beneficial and he was just and she was just eventually like i don't want to spend any more time with him so <laughs> that's what the movie's about now so it's kind of fascinating <laughs> um but a weird one that's weird yeah, it's called risk Neat. so there you go there are those three nice yeah so guess you got got a lot on your plate to watch this weekend mm-hmm. i mean if you're not going to see King Arthur? The other big one. Yeah. King Arthur. <laughs> King Arthur, which I haven't seen because they haven't screened it for critics. Well, they did. They screened it once, but it was at the same time as Aliens. So. And it got blasted. It did. So I'm going to so. go see, see it tonight and find out just how bad it is. I think it's, some, it's weird because I have seen some good reviews of it that really loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then other reviews are saying this is just a giant mess. Yeah. Well, the impression I've got from it is that it alternates from being like another one of those like needlessly somber overly cgi yeah. heavy fantasy epics and then it'll be like snatch for a few minutes where there'll be weird like non-chronological storytelling and zippy editing and like lad lads lad jokes weird and then it'll go back into being a big somber. dull somber war like king arthur war pitcher so i mean is it a studio hack job or what um it's hard to say i i because I, I haven't seen it mm. um but yeah the um uh, what, I, what I've the, the, what, what I've sort of gleaned from what I've read, and we'll see if that's true tonight, is that it's sort of that it, it's a combination of the two. Like they're they clearly at a certain level of control, but then the studio want a certain type of movie, and it's an odd choice. Weird. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. So anyway, there's that. Hooray. There's a review for a movie I haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I mean, at this Prey, point, at <laughs> I have played Prey. We should talk about that. Sure. sure. I thought we were still talking about King Arthur, but okay, we'll talk about Prey. No, just move it on to Prey. Okay. okay. You don't even need me as a host. You're just taking control of it. Go for it. <laughs> uh, no, I just know Phil has to get out of here to do a screening, so I want to mm. make sure not too long. Thanks. Um, no, so Alliance reviewed Prey for the site. Uh, I also played Prey because we weren't sure if we were going to do two reviews, one of the PS4, one of the PC version. We opted to just do one based on the fact we kind of agreed for the most part. I am a little less harsh on um, the fact that it is borrowing ideas from other games. Okay. Pretty overtly. Like it, um, the, the Art Deco de- decor, they have a thing that's similar to Plasma. You have neuro, uh, neuro mods where you can give yourself powers or just make yourself stronger. Um, and as the, the trailer for this game made it seem a lot more intellectual. It ha- made it seem like it was a game that dealt with the concept of time and person. You don't do that as much in the real game the game is more of just escape the station there are weird monsters on it and there are this some is a dumb shooter that's what it looked like to me when they like showed it off when they first showed it they had that kind of you really live like a groundhog day mentality where you're like reliving the same day over and over and over and you're just yeah you don't realize what's going on 
that is literally 10 minutes of the game. So uh, that being said, I think they've done a good job with the visuals. I loved the soundtrack, which I've mentioned. I think the sound design is also really good, where you have the sense of dread and constant sense of foreboding just by sound effects and the way things kind of work within the environment. But it's also going on YouTube. You can see how broken this game is. With there's there's streamers that have managed to beat the game in 20 minutes by yeah. jumping out of the <laughs> world and then jumping on top of it, and then just jump going to each room they need to go yeah, to finish it. It's, it's very exploitable. And, and Elias did mention that as well. Yeah. Um, I got like maybe 10 or 15 minutes with it. I thought it was just it was fine. It's like there generic. is there is not a lot yeah. going on. Um, with that being said, it's not. Bad. No, I, I think I, I liked it a little <coughs> more than Elias did. Did I also? You played 15 minutes of it. I only played 15 minutes. You I played like 15 hours. I he beat yeah. the game. Yeah. I think he's a stronger person than me. I played about 10. Yeah. So I'm about five hours less than Elias. <coughs> I think there are some really good ideas in the game. Yeah. I also think there are some missteps that really hamper the experience. I want to see what this team does with the second attempt. Uh, but as of right now, it feels just not complete as it could. Yeah. And it feels if it get, had another like four, five months in the cooker, it could have been a lot more of a polished experience. Are you telling really me a Bethesda published game yeah. wasn't polished? If it had the polish, it could have <laughs> been a really neat experience. I'm not as opposed to borrowing good ideas yeah. if those ideas are done well. Yeah. Like it feels like System Shock or Bioshock or uh, Deus Ex, or Dead Space. It has all elements of all these games, mm -hmm. but none of them, but no one element stands out as a great experience. So it just feels kind of like a patchwork yeah. where it is never more than just the sum of its parts. Yeah. And that's that's fine. It's just going to be forgettable. Like, it's not a bad game. It's just a forgettable game. Yeah. And that's kind of the worst thing you can be. If you're a bad game, at least people look at you and say, "Wow." Yeah, you'll awful. remember you, yeah. But if it's just kind of good, if it's just kind of there, it's eh. yeah, it's nothing. Like a six, seven, eight <laughs> game, you're like, eh, that existed. I got to play a game this week. Oh, what you get to play? I played Sail Away. Oh. Sail Away is a sailing simulator. You know what I learned? I'm really bad at what? sailing. Yeah. It was ridiculously complex. Can't imagine um, why. Because it's legitimately, it's made for a very, very specific market. And until they make a simulator of, like, someone that has to, like, wake up too early and then gets home too late and then sleeps when he's home, mm -hmm. then I'm not going to be good at it. <laughs> um, so there is so, like, you have, like, it, it felt like 10 different ropes that you had to, like, keep an eye on so that you can kind of like move with the wind properly so when there's a stronger gust you can like set your I'm gonna, sail up I'm higher gonna throw it out there. this sounds boring oh yeah that's the big thing it's not fun <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the that's the main takeaway from it but not only is it not fun it's confusing <laughs> so you don't know what you're doing but you know you're bored um unless you sail um now, in which you case were a sailor would this be like the best game ever I think it's the only real game that you could play unless you want to play Wind Waker. But this, the thing is that this is an actual legitimate sailing simulator. And the weird thing that I never can get over when it comes to these simulators is how horrible they look. Like it's 
physics i'm sure are on point i've never gone sailing i've never been on a sailboat before i never intend to be on a sailboat and i never intend to sail in my entire life Um, but i'm gonna assume that this is what it feels like to sail (laughs) um and like so physics they have down pat but like god these this isn't the only simulator i've played they don't put any like effort into making it look nice uh and that's the other thing, too, is there's no, like, real variety in what you can see. Sometimes it rains. You have that. Sometimes it's light out, and sometimes it's dark out. Does that change the way it plays? No. Okay. I mean, the wind, maybe. Okay. Um, and uh, you just kind of float around, and you don't really have any sense of, like, am I moving? Because everything looks the same. Uh, I, I tried to do a race, and I had to wait six minutes for it to start. That's not a load time. It just is like sail Yikes. around for six minutes till this race starts. Yikes. It's a real time. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun at all. Yeah. It was an exercise in patience. That's fair. That. So should people buy it? I'm sure there's a market for it. Okay. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If you don't sail, don't get this game because right. you're not going to get anything out of it. But if you're really hankering to go sailing. But your boat is like in the shop. Yeah, or it's winter or something. It's not winter here. I mean, it's kind of cold. I wouldn't sail in this. It's winter in Australia. Yeah, and and it's kind of cold out right now. I wouldn't sail in this weather. Mm -hmm. You you don't like a brisk sailing weather? No. Like with your loafers on and possibly a captain's (laughs) cap? But yeah, it was was a really weird experience. And I kind of like the farm simulator I dug. Uh, But... This doesn't have dig it. this doesn't have the charm of Farming Simulator. Okay. But it says a lot about a game that it's not as entertaining as Farming Simulator. Farming Simulator is amazing. <laughs> okay. I love Farming know. Simulator. It's one of my favorite series. Good to know. It's just so stupid. <laughs> Sailing Simulator is just it's. I wanted to simulator. like it. A train Simulator I haven't tried yet. I want to because I'm trying to go in on. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to like jump in on like Wayne's niche that he had going on before, because he had all those like weird sim games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did and not make them sound good. No, he made them. He, he made them sound awful. Mm. But he liked them. No, he I requested he them because he thought it was hilarious. Yeah, he thought it was funny. Oh, okay. he didn't think it was good. <laughs> yeah, I thought he started to dig the train one. He did actually. Now that you say that, yeah, I, I do recall to, I, him being slightly simu- uh, seduced by the trains. Yeah, the thing is, all you did. Is Go straight. Sounds amazing. Because <laughs> that's all things do. But I did, I mean, like, I learned a couple things from Sailing Simulator. Uh, okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if I ever go sailing, I know that, like, you want to have, like, you want you want to have, like, the boat sort of leaning into the sail. You don't want to have it going straight into the wind because then, like, your router gets all messed up and you'll flip over. Well, there you go. So, mm-hmm. hey, I mean, don't, don't test it because I could be wrong. But that's what I learned. So you learned something that might or might not be true. Yeah. I okay. mean, I would recommend if you're going to go sailing, please, like, learn how to sail first. Don't just go sailing. Be like, well, you know, I listened to a podcast <laughs> where a guy played a, a sailing sim and he thought this is what to do. I don't want that on my conscience. But no, that's reasonable. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Should we wrap up? With that, thank you for listening, everyone. For more content like this, don't forget to check out cgmagonline.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comicsgamingmagazine. You can like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. That's at CG Magazine. I've been saying CG Mag Online for so long, and that's not what it is, a CG Magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can follow us on on the Twitter at CG Mag Online. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody underscore Orm. And Brandon? Uh, B4I26. And Phil? At that Phil Brown. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye.
much cloth and be its own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's gone a long way. And I think that also speaks to how they can handle the movie itself. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. it's not tied to, like I think you mentioned in your review, it's not yeah. tied to any of the, to an extent it is, but yeah. the continuity that's going on in Earth. With yeah, no, it, it really isn't this time. Like last time we had the little throwaway thing with Thanos, and yeah. like we know the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in the Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. But there's zero reference to it. That's awesome. It's really allowed to be its own thing, and it's a lot of fun. And, um, uh, yeah, there's a great Zoom joke in it, which oh. I know you're going to appreciate. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> thoroughly, very thoroughly. How do they manage a Zoom joke? I'm not going to say that. Oh. But I will say, like, like, it's a big moment. It's not like there's, like, at one point they're walking by, and there's a Zoom in the corner. Like, the Zoom actually plays a major role in the film oh, and, will, and will continue to play Pratt, a role in future oh Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> films. Yeah. Does Chris Pratt replace his tape deck with I a Zoom? I don't say anything. I think like I called that. it. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was that was fantastic. And um, yeah, I just, yeah, I think it's a great flick. Super fun. When's that come out? Uh, today. Today. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I want to see it so bad. You Guardians should. is one of the few Marvel properties that ha- I haven't been like jaded towards. Mm-hmm. So and I really like it. And I, yeah, I'm surprised. When I, a lot of the reviews I read claimed that it was just felt like more of the same in sequelitis and that sort of thing. But I really didn't feel that way. No. I thought. And um, those same people probably praised the hell out of Age of Ultron. So I mean, well, yeah, and, it was also, <laughs> and also it was like you know, probably like pro- probably mainly people that like saw Guardians of the Galaxy when it came out. Yeah. And they're doing this, and then are reviewing it now, and then are like, oh yeah, there's that blue guy again. So it's the same. <laughs> they're both blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think they. Yeah, it was just fun to see. Uh, like, it just it, it was fun to see like a gigantic version of a like very tripped out seventies yeah. Marvel comedy. It feels like the kind of movie that like a kid like looking at like seventies album art yeah. would fantasize about. That's yeah. awesome. And with that. with that soundtrack and with that kind of irreverence. Nice. And uh, yeah, get see, a big kick out of it. See, what did you see last week? I forgot. Last week was. I mean, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I can't even think of what did I review last week. I don't week. know. Yeah. Cody, what did you Oh, Jesus. Um, gotta, um, okay, one second. We're going to pull this up. I mean, we, we, we were yeah. here last week, so I wanted to know if you wanted I know, to know. I, I know. don't None think None of us it have was played anything, so yeah, yeah, yeah. might as well discuss what you saw last did week last if we even <laughs> figure it out. No, I'll take just one second here. I, my, I'm my i still loading my interwebs on my Ooh. interwebs machine. That's embarrassing. Where is it? Impressive. That's impressive. Was Free Fire last week? No, you talked about Free Fire the no, week. Talk, oh, no, I it, didn't yeah. do one last week because I just did the Jonathan Demi thing. That's oh, right. Was, yeah. oh, do yes. we want to talk about Jonathan Demi? We can really quick. We really, none of us. We really didn't talk about it much yeah, last yeah, week, so yeah, we yeah. thought that you would do it better. Yeah, no, I'm more than happy to. No, I, um, yeah, that was really sad. I adore Jonathan Demi. He has one of the most, like, eclectic and yeah. uh, varied filmographies. I, I, I still love it. Cody's description of him talking to you, he's like, I think I destroyed Phil. Because <laughs> <laughs> this happens all the freaking time where I'll be like, hey, Phil. Can you write a an in memoriam for <laughs> yeah. insert actor here? And he's yeah. like, "What? He died?" It's like, <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, yeah, well, no, this particular, you worded as, "Do you like Jonathan Demme?" And I was like, "He's literally one of my three favorite <laughs> actors." And then you're like, "Oh God." Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. The funny thing was like, even as I wrote, it, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I love him." And then I was like, "Oh fuck, he died." <laughs> no way, he didn't die. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was really shame. It was real sudden, especially because like, um, I didn't get to interview him or anything, but he was at uh, the Toronto Film Festival yeah. in the fall. And he was like bright and spry and lively wow. and energetic and I guess was he yeah, old? Cancer man. Uh, he was like seventy two. Okay, so yeah. Like but ca- also cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. cancer. 
but yeah, I um, I, yeah, I did a top ten list of his movies in addition to yeah. the memorial. I really like point people towards that if they don't really know his filmography that well. But I mean, in Silence of the Lambs was obviously yeah, his most classic, iconic yeah. movie, which is a masterpiece. Um, and uh, but I really loved uh, this movie did in the mid '80s. Um, Something Wild is my okay. favorite. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. I've actually no. never seen that. Um, I've heard of it, just never. It's never really, really good. It's um, I, think I even own it. Yeah, it's really really good. So uh, Jeff Daniels plays oh, yeah. probably yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff Daniels plays a uh, like uh, '80s yuppie mm. who um, is having lunch in the first scene, and he like does his little like thing he always does to get back the man where he just, like will try to sneak out and not pay for lunch and get a cheap thrill out of it and he gets caught by melanie griffith who plays this weird like very eccentric um uh girl God, i don't really know how to describe what she's like um she's just yeah like a real oddball okay. and uh she like calls him on it and then um, through a series of strange circumstances, end up essentially kidnapping him and driving him out of New York City in the middle of the day. As you do. And then uh, force him to call him sick to work and then sleeps with him and then takes him her him home to his, her mother and uh, without telling him that's where they're going. And it continues on this weird journey. And for a while, it's very quirky, very strange comedy. And yeah. then at a certain point, halfway through, someone else is introduced and it turns into a thriller and a oh, really weird. intense one. And it's just like one of the most like playful. It's it's very influenced by French New Wave, which movies okay, yeah. which I know like. So it's it's very playful in that way, where it's just sort of yeah. shifting genres, shifting tones, like going, being you know driven more by music than by logic at yeah. times. And uh, it's just one of the most entertaining, playful, and okay. like creative movies that I've seen. There's and uh, it's a blast. And he also did a wonderful one called Melvin and Howard. That was a uh, true story about a guy who. Um, was uh, picked up Howard Hughes yeah. as a hitchhiker on the side of the road one night and didn't know it was Howard Hughes and made friends with him and then after Howard Hughes died this a will appeared that left him 150 million dollars <laughs> and he never got the money obviously because um, no one no one ever had found an official will for Howard Hughes the cl- closest one to official one they found was this and it's about that guy's story so it's this strange little journey about this guy's just weird sad silly life he's on like a game show all sorts of it was a milkman for a while all these strange little events, and then it culminating with the Howard Hughes thing. And just this kind of beautiful ode to, you know, the strange, weird journey of life, just fractured through this strange Howard Hughes story. And, um, yeah, his movies were all very accessible, but very intelligent, very playful. He did the Manchurian Candidate remake. That's another oh, one right, that's yeah, really, really yeah. good with Denzel Washington. Um, he did the... Uh, the Talking Heads concert film, Stop Making Sense, which is mm-hmm. incredible. I actually just... Uh, like a, a few months ago saw it they played it at hot docs and even now like 30 years later um whenever that movie plays people get up and dance in the theater in a way i love I've never talking seen heads. anyone do with yeah. uh have you ever seen the talking heads concert no i haven't oh you should i need to rush out and get watch that it's amazing um he did such incredible like every song is shot differently so it almost feels like each song is a music video even though it's all live performance really and yeah i was reading your uh your little description it's mm-hmm. like he doesn't even show the crowd yeah, no. Wow. No, like a, a little bit towards the very end, but not until then. Okay. And it really is, and and also just the show, the way like David Byrne designed it and laid it out. It like starts with him walking out and playing the first song just with a boombox, and then one band member comes out, and then another, and then eventually there's this whole huge group that they had at mm. the time, and 
it's yeah that's an amazing movie as well and i mean really everything even is like 70s exploitation movies like caged heat mm. and woman in prison movie that's super entertaining and i really recommend um married to the mob another good one married to the mob yeah. that's a boss have you seen married to the mob yeah yeah <laughs> super fun movie I, I went through a michelle pfeiffer face oh so. i can understand <laughs> I, me too yeah um and uh yeah that's just a super fun very playful very quirky movie um and yeah he was just like one of the more yeah. like humanist and talented and mm-hmm. varied and, and really underrated filmmakers even though he did everything a filmmaker d- could yeah. do he like won oscars made hits made obscure movies did documentaries did concert movies did everything and and they're honestly all good and i really recommend people seek him out and um it's sad because he was someone who I always kind of just like assumed would make another masterpiece. Mm. Like I just every we were just waiting for him to do another one, and now he won't. So death sucks. That does. But Jonathan Demme doesn't. So <laughs> go check out that guy in honor's awesome. legacy. Definitely, yeah. Check out mm. cgmagonline.com for that review or review for that yeah, that review. List. <laughs> The yeah. well, the I mean, the review of the man. You did do an in memoriam for him, so I mean, there is a review of his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you rank it? <laughs> ten rank out of ten. Oh, ten out of ten. For sure. <laughs> yeah, great life. Um, so yeah, I yeah, can check Guardians it. Of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy oh. reviews up there. Um, we will be, or we have. Uh, there's actually a Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale review that. Um, oh yeah, I, I believe it was I forgot Kenneth, that was coming Kenneth out. Shepherd. Yeah. Uh, did the review for that. Right. I've got my copy over my desk over there. I'm going to go home and pop that in tonight. Right. Um, and yeah, don't forget to check out cgmagonline.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash magazine where we do these cool little videos that we post now, mm-hmm. little news snippets. Um, and we're also on YouTube. You can find those on there as well at mm-hmm. uh, cgmagonline. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter at cgmagonline as well. I'm at Cody underscore Orm, O-R-M-E. Mm-hmm. And Brendan. I'm Fry 26 And I'm at that Phil Brown. And we will catch you next week. Mm-hmm.